Hello, welcome back to China Manufacturing Decoded from the Sophie's Group. Adrian hosting today, but Renault is with me also. Hello, Renault again. Hello, Adrian. Hi, everybody. Well, Renault, today it's episode 202. We're into February 24 now, and I think you got an email recently from a customer, right? And so we're going to kind of cover the topic that you were discussing with this customer and shed some light on it for the listeners. And they were asking you what your suggestion was for a quality assurance auditing and inspection program for products they were launching. And to be specific, we're talking about electromechanical products here, not sort of textiles and other things like that. Okay, so the listeners, I think, let's go through this sort of program for them and then maybe they can get a good idea of what's sort of included and the benefits and and what is involved, okay? Right, right. In that case, it was for a B2B type of electronic product with some mechanical components and things like that. But what we're about to discuss really applies to many types of yeah electromechanical products. It's very, very wide, right? Very wide. Okay. Well, first, I mean, why were they asking for such a program? Well, because they they needed uh, assurance, right, that the the supplier would actually do a good job and deliver good products to them. And then told them, well, if if that's really super important to you and you have a budget for that. You have to involve us from the, the, you know, the, sort of the end of the product design phase, and and then all along as the as the the new product is industrialized and goes into production, because if of course if it's a I don't know a relatively simple product like a Bluetooth speaker or something like that, and then the same factory has been making it you know, for years and it's a very mature kind of product, you, you don't need to worry about these kind of things. As long as the factory confirmed there's a good alignment and you, you see what they're doing and yeah, there's a good alignment, they're used to making this kind of product uh, with these kinds of components and this kind of assembly and, and other processes and they're used to these kinds of quality uh, standard and they know how to test and inspect and so on. The risks are minimal, you know, again, especially for relatively simple products. Um, mm-hmm. And again, if production is mature, it been, they've been doing that over and over and over. And we explain what that means a few episodes ago with Paul when we explain what is, what, what, what's the experience effect. Right? The experience effect is very, very strong uh, in, in manufacturing. Um so they have the experience. They, 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 okay, they know how to do. It's not a new product for them. No need. In that case, you you just have a look at the production they're doing the first time, and you see, you know, it's if it's if it's really really good, and they have good systems in place and everything. Okay, you know, you can trust them to a large extent. However, if you have a really new product, innovative new product, and that's what we tend to work on. Uh, at at office, you know, we work for companies that uh, actually develop a new product, like new new to the world, right? And then there's a lot yeah. of challenges and a lot of unknowns and a lot of things to 
to get right and it's really important to be structured and, and so on and that that's um, that's where we're strong that's what we we work on okay so in this case as i mentioned bring us in earlier because otherwise well if your product designers are pretty good and if the manufacturer is pretty good at industrializing and pretty good at manufacturing, which, by the way, don't necessarily go hand in hand, then the risks are low, are right. However, we're talking production, you know, in places like China, India, Vietnam. Um, some of the very big manufacturers are good at industrializing a product and following the, the new product introduction process, you know, and, and, and really good at manufacturing in very controlled conditions and so on. Uh, but they are a tiny minority, really a tiny minority. Most of the manufacturers in China, but also in India, in Vietnam, again, in, in, in some of these other, let's say, low, low cost Asia kind of countries, don't really know how to do that very well, right? And the biggest ones that tend to work for the biggest companies, the biggest brand names, or very often these biggest brand names, the, the HP, Microsoft, Apple, or whatever, GE, uh, Electrolux, and so on, they have their own processes and they take the new product introduction process in their own hands, right? And so that means if you go to a manufacturer without all the structure that their customers usually have, well, good luck getting a good result. Uh, the manufacturer doesn't, on their own, doesn't really know what to do. They're not structured. They're not organized for that. And also, if you are not going to move millions or tens of millions of products, you're not going to get the experienced project project managers and experienced quality managers and so on, right? You're going to get the, the B team, mm. C team kind of, um, of, of, of people. And they are not going to come and put together a plan that makes sense and, and so on and so forth. Uh, or, or if if they do, you're really lucky. Okay, so that's why a proper quality assurance program starts, let's say when the final prototype, pre-production, pre-tooling, right, is, is being put together. And then we can yeah. we can go through the the main um the main topics that we cover usually like one by one, right? So the, the first thing that we usually advise is to do a DFM review, okay, on the custom design components. So, for example, if there's a custom designed uh, enclosure that will be uh, injection molded uh, you know, in, in plastic at high pressure, well, there's, there's some good, uh, general good practices, all right? And if you don't follow these good practices, you're going to have quality issues, you know, production issues, quality issues, you know, also, obviously, the supplier will tend to tell you, you know, about the draft angles and things like that, so that the parts get uh, ejected easily, because it makes it uh, easy for them to make uh, production in a smooth way. But there's some other yeah. other topics that will produce uh, quality defects, you know, visual defects, where the the part might be a bit scratched on the side or or it might uh, might be a bit burned or something like that, right? So it's important to, to think about that and look at the, the design files and already think 
of uh, the ease of making the product properly. Also, like, I don't know, mm. if it's kind of thick, maybe it's going to be more likely to shrink. Uh, if it's long, yeah, it's going to, maybe it's going to warp a bit. You know, there's a lot of things that happen. Same thing uh, on, on, on metal parts. Like, for example, if you want a cast part, or a die cast, well, there's a number of things that you want to, to think of, you know, maybe add some ribs and so on. So some, some of them are the same idea as plastic injection molding. Some of them are pretty, uh, pretty different. For example, um, if you want to be um, nicely uh, uh, painted, okay, that's one thing. If you want it to be anodized, well, what about the porosity of the part? Is that going to be an issue? You know, so there's all kinds of um, considerations to take into account. Yeah. And what tolerances, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Okay, so a review. So basically, if you're pretty confident, you you, you know your your uh, mechanical engineers uh, know these things are very 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 comfortable with the manufacturing processes and so on. Okay, fine. But if you rely on the supplier for that and they haven't given you any structured feedback on um, you know based on the design for manufacturing review. Uh, that's an issue. Also, it's not just about design for manufacturing of the parts. Also, it's designed for assembly, right? Mm. <laughs> um, like, why do you need so many screws, and why? Um, <laughs> how how are people going to to align these two things? Like, they can't even see it. Uh, they're gonna fumble, and uh, from time to time, it's not gonna be done properly. There's gonna be lead, there's gonna lead to to, to quality issues, etc. So, um, a proper proper review of the design uh, will often prevent some serious issues uh, just by pointing at, at, yeah, at, at the risks and then suggesting mm. some improvements, right? Uh, there's so many, so many issues that come from, uh, from, from, from the design, right? If you, if you, if you, if you put the finger on the issue, on the risk, before tooling is made, then it's it's much cheaper and much faster, right? Make make a few oh, fixes, yeah. and 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 then you you go into tooling uh, with with uh, how to say um, with peace of mind, right? Or even if there's no mm. tooling, uh, right? Picking the right I don't know the right kind of coating and and, and things like that. So that that's one thing uh, the the FM reviews. Okay. Another one is the suppliers that were picked. Okay, so there's some critical components, right? So typical um, electronic product, uh, maybe the the battery, the PCBA, maybe there's a display, um, right? A few a few things like that. Maybe there's a camera, right? If it's non-electronic, but maybe there's I don't know. The, 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 there's, there's an actuator, uh, something, you know, some moving parts, etc. Some of them um, maybe need to have very tight uh, tolerances, so dimensional control is very important. Okay, you need to think of the risks. Okay, this is really the, the main theme here. What are the main risks and how to uh, keep them under control, mm -hmm. right? And, and And how to prevent them if possible. Right. So if the the suppliers of the critical components have a very good quality system and the components are very mature and everything, okay, that's great. Right. But 
um, and, and then you don't need to follow very closely on them. However, if you send an auditor there and the auditor says, well, this is a relatively small place. They don't, they don't have a quality system. Um, they just put things together. There's one or two inspectors and they, you know, they don't work in a systematic manner. They don't work to certain like specifications and things are not really documented. And, and, um, and by the way, this, 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 and this kind of tests that are so important, you know, they don't even have the equipment in house to do these tests and so on. Well, guess what? You're going to have to follow it more closely. Right. And maybe that just means, uh, working with your main supplier, let's say the main supplier is going to do assembly, let's say a little bit of processing, maybe in an assembly. So they're going to receive all these parts. They're going to have to do incoming quality control on these parts. But you're going to have to work with them to define a clear standard and maybe have like checking fixtures and gauges and things like that and, and, and work with them so that they maybe they, they check a higher uh, proportion of of the parts when they arrive, right? Because the risk is higher. Right, mm. but you need to know that the risk is higher, and maybe if it's a um, if the risk is high, well, maybe you need to actually have uh, an inspector at that factory making whatever the display or the, the camera or the, the battery or something to 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 do certain tests and do a visual check and so on, just to to catch a bad batch before it goes into your main supplier's factory, and just by mistake, it might go through incoming quality control, right? Mm. So, or, or work with your main supplier so that they have someone over there to do an outgoing QC check before the, the pots even leave the, the, the component supplier, right? So, again, you need to know your risks, right? And when I say, okay, this is about the qualification of the, the suppliers of the, the critical parts, but it's also good to review the um, at least the documentation about the parts. Okay, and that's especially true for um, for two topics: compliance and reliability. So, for example, you're going to buy a, a charger, you know, a power supply um, that plugs into a wall. You know, that's typically a um, compliance critical. Uh, component right and most of the time you're going to buy something standard off the shelf and you want it to be pre-certified right but pre-certified to what Uh, there's a lot of confusion about that Um, if if it's going to be for some some kind of lifting device well the standards for compliance are going to be different from another application such as uh, charging an electric bike, right? And and people just think, oh, okay, it's like it's UL listed or whatever, UL certified, blah, blah, blah. Or, oh, it's got C marking for that. Okay, well, you need to actually go into the details and really understand that. And a lot of people get that wrong. Uh, so the, the, an understanding of all these different standards and how to research that is actually quite important. Otherwise, you think you get everything all right, but your product actually is not compliant at all, right? And uh, you get an absolutely critical part that is not certified to the right standard. So it's not, it's really not compliant for your application. Okay, so that mm-hmm. I mentioned compliance. Another one about um, um, reliability is, well, 
um, okay, again, that, that's really only for products that do need to be reliable, right? If it's a, a one-off, you know, free sort of uh, giveaway promotional product or something, just needs to look good, <laughs> yep. just needs to have the logo in the right colors, uh, who cares? But if it's a medium to high reliability product, well, you need the key components also to be reliable because when one of them breaks, the entire product breaks. So they should be more reliable than uh, what you expect from the entire product. And a few questions, you know, asking the the, the, the supplier to provide their um, reliability test results, you know, with a clear explanation of what is the plan, what were the, 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 the points on which it was tested and the, the parameters and everything. And that's where very, very fast you see if they even understand what you're talking about. And uh, unfortunately, in many cases, they don't, right? They say, oh, yeah, okay, we tested it. Well, okay, but how? <laughs> what did you do? Well, oh, uh, and then like a lot of them would just stop communicating. Well, you got a problem right here, right? Yeah. You're not going to have a reliable product if you pick suppliers that can't tell you anything about their own components reliability. So... That's that's about the components because yeah. bad components will lead to bad products, right? And there's a lot of a lot of cases where you can really catch that before production, before mm. you fully confirm. All right, these are the, the suppliers we're going to use. Okay, and that, so that, that that'll be through mm. auditing these suppliers, like you said. You know, so boots and, on the ground, as it were. Yeah, and also asking. For some information about the the components, right, right. Going back to the compliance, I mean, what we do know is that market surveillance authorities are becoming kind of more militant in making sure that the products coming into certain areas, such as the EU or the mm. US, are going to be safe and compliant. And I think the two often, like regulatory compliance, often goes kind of hand in hand with safety a lot of the time, doesn't it? So it's you know because. Is it compliant? Well, why? Why do we make it compliant? So it's not posing a risk to people and property. I mean, even even today, and we're recording at the start of February, you've shared a post about Amazon. Amazon are going to potentially be held to account for the products being sold on, on their mm. platform in the US. Mm. And that means, of course, that Amazon are going, to, are going to start leaning on their vendors because Amazon aren't going to take responsibility without making sure that you are also, you know, responsible for the compliance of the products and the safety of the products. In the case of Amazon, the the CPSC in the US has not ruled yet, right? And then Amazon already appealed from a decision and then it, sure they did. we don't really know. It just looks right. probable that Amazon would be held accountable for yeah. the safety of the products they sell in the US. But they are already accountable in the EU anyway. That That's, mm, that's mm. in place since 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, they are an economic operator, you know, they are whatever they call it, fulfillment provider or something like that. Uh, I forget the, the yes. exact name in the EU Commission's uh, terminology, but they, yeah. they are accountable. So they, let's say in the EU, there's a lot of requirements mm-hmm. safety wise, and there's more and more requirements also sustainability wise, right? Yeah. We, 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 we talked about that in, some um, episodes and a lot on the website. So Absolutely. So if your supplier is not up on this stuff, 
that's a potential red flag because you could be going into, you know, dangerous waters. Yes. So you, you really need to have an idea about where you're going to sell your product, how to say, what the application is you, is going to be, uh, what, what um, you know, of the product and then what requirements apply to your product based on that. And then you really need to have a uh, pretty good idea about the main risks, okay? And at least mm. cover the main uh, the main risks. And uh, we see a lot of people really, really completely skip that or, or do it in a very wrong way. And in some cases, they get caught and they, yeah. in some cases, if it's not a big company, you know, a bad batch that is caught and can't be sold and is rejected and so on, or, or, or if they're forced to pay for a recall, I mean, that can be the end of the company, right? So, oh, yeah. Uh, not something to to play with, I would say. Mm-hmm. No, especially not after you've gone to all the trouble to actually, you know, bring a new product to market. It just seems seems crazy to not uh, also think about this. Right? Okay, great. So mm-hmm. th- there's a third point, and uh, so we'll move on to that. Right. So then, uh, again, as I mentioned, you you typically have a main supplier. You're going to do assembly. They might also do PCBA or they might also do um, plastic injection molding or, or some other things like that, you know, uh, upstream processes. But they're also going to pull all the components together and they have a plan for ensuring that the final product meets your specifications. Okay, so that's your main supplier. Um, so there's, there's a lot of things that they have to get right before they get into mass production. And uh, very often, people just say, well, okay, you're a manufacturer, right? You know how to do, right? Yeah, but if your product, I don't know, is a um, <laughs> um, a wafer maker and you work with a toaster company, uh, it's going to be new for them, right? So mm. that's why this whole discussion is about the case where you have a new innovative product. So it's 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 new. It's got at least you know a few, how to say, uh, there's at least a few topics with the product that are going to be new to the manufacturer, and maybe a lot more than that. Maybe everything is new, right? So, are they actually ready for that? Have they actually prepared the, their organization for that? So let, let's go through a few examples, right? Okay. So first, they need to brief their own suppliers. Right, the displays of components. What exactly is required? They need to document the requirement for your product, make sure it you know is documented and the suppliers understand it and agreed with it. Okay, because otherwise, how, how how are the suppliers going to know? And uh, ideally, there would be uh, golden samples and things like that. I'm I'm talking about custom design parts, right? Uh, if it's standard off the shelf. Um, the supplier would have sent a few samples and then a few of these samples would be kept as a reference for the quality standard. But as soon as it's a custom design component that has to be done, again, a new component, new to the world, needs to be made. There has to be a clear quality standard for that. Um, And maybe you just worked on a 3D design or something and says to them and they say, okay, okay, it's fine, well, have they translated it into a, a two-dimensional design? Are there tolerances? Is it clear which 
um, dimensional points are critical to quality, right? What about the the, the exact material? And what about the, the kind of finishing, you know, the kind of coating or whatever, what kind of effect? Is it matte? Is it glossy? Is it, you know, all these kind of things. Is it clear? Is it documented? Otherwise, they, they don't take the time to do that. Uh, they rely on luck, basically, right? But then if there's, if there's some issues in the end, who's going to pay for that? You're going to pay for a part of it or maybe all of it, right? <laughs> so uh, you need to keep pressure on them so that they actually uh, get that right, okay? Uh, another one is, and it's related, you know, how are they doing or how are they going to do incoming quality control, right? Uh, do they have the right um, inspection and testing equipment? Do they have a, a clear documented standard about the key uh, the key topics to look for and so on, right? Mm. How, uh, what, what is the plan to, to get the assembly going to, to, to have the people trained on how to actually work on your product uh are the testing stations ready i mean that that's one thing especially yeah, for electrical electronic products very often testing stations need to be custom made and very often they're late um you know the, the all the work instructions and standard operating procedures uh, all the way to you know down to the the, the operators on the line Right? Is it clear? You have to do number one, number two, number three, with a little photo to to explain, and maybe you know one or two tips, and maybe a um, critical point to keep in mind. You know, is it documented uh, for the people who will do the work, but also for the line leader when people are working and he's walking around and he needs to te- to, to to double check if they're doing it the right way. Right? Very important. Mm. How are they going to test the finished product? Right. Uh, what can they test internally? Uh, do they need to to send to an external lab? What, what are they going to do? You know, ideally they would also condense a lot of that in a uh, control plan, which is immersed in the automotive industry and is also quite important. Uh, you know, quite quite useful for any kind of um, of manufacturing, really. Right. And then, okay. Um, they, they 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 put together some prototypes. Do they have uh, uh, some lessons learned? Like at least do they uh, have they kept a list of issues? Maybe on a whiteboard, maybe somewhere in Excel, right? What are the issues they faced? Have they done something to 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 prevent that? Because if the engineers are struggling with something, chances are the operators are going to to struggle with it also, right? Um, List of risks, same thing. What are the what are the risks? Do they have a list of risks, or are they just making it up as they go, not really planning? Okay, and and I talked about the quality standard for the components, but same thing, the quality standard about the the, the 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 final product is very important, right? Do they already have a golden sample? If tooling was involved, you know, is it made with parts uh, coming off of tooling? So all of that. Um, is 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 quite important, you know. Have people been trained to it? Do people on the line actually have easy access to a golden sample if they have a, a question, right? So, all of this is the typical preparation. I'm talking just about assembly, but if they're doing some uh, upstream manufacturing processes, yeah, again, like 
maybe a, a SMT process to populate the PCB. Well, same thing. What is special about it? What have they done? You know, have they configured everything already? Um, so that's that. That's really um, that's, that's sort of about the preparation, right? So uh, points one, two, and three, which I just covered, are about the the preparation of yeah the, the the whole you know the product design and the process design let's say right yeah manufacturing process and testing process mm. yes uh, because in number four we're moving on to we're actually using the manufacturing process now but we're not quite in uh, mass production are we right so again if it's a new innovative product you don't go right away into making a batch of you know ten thousand pieces mm. like Apple doesn't let Foxconn go ahead, right? Oh, okay, prototype <laughs> is fine. You know, let's next step put together 10,000 pieces. It just doesn't happen. Uh, or, um, I don't know, um, Toyota or General Motors or, you know, they, they, in their own, um, car assembly plants, they would not start, okay, let's go straight into it. And, uh, you know, uh, the target is one minute per car. And, uh, you know, I want one car out of the line every, every minute and I just, just mm. go at it, right? doesn't happen they, they have a process to to uh, to run at increasing rates and uh, they release the material little by little and they do validation runs right so to 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 validate the production process the testing process and so on so okay again we need to to cut it into two separate things first is the production of the custom components and this is informed by the risk analysis coming from the, the factory audits that we, uh, that we mentioned before. If mm. some of the custom component producers are pretty weak, you know, uh, quality system wise, well, it's important to have a look uh, at what they're doing. And ideally, if you have the visibility and the access to these guys, <laughs> You need to consider maybe sending someone when they're, do, you know, first forcing them to do a pilot run, small run first, right? Maybe 50 mm. pieces, 100 pieces, uh, and no more. And maybe having someone on site to, to see what they're doing and to report on, okay, what are the main issues? Uh, what, what, what did they manage to do? Uh, you know, is it good? Is it not good? Uh, and what percentage of the products were good the first time, right? Mm. That's really important at, at several levels, several levels. And is it easy to rework and things like that? Because this is also related to the ability of these component suppliers to raise the price later because they might say, well, you know, there's 20% defective products, uh, defective parts, and uh, we did not expect that. It's really high. Mm -hmm. But if you have someone on site who say, well, no, 5% were bad. The rest was okay. And this was on a small run. So on a big run, it might be 1% uh, because it was mostly at the beginning when they were kind of uh, doing the setup and everything. Then you can fight back. But if you don't know, then you're like, oh, 20%. Oh, all right. Let's, uh, let's raise the price for this part. And for this one and for this one, <laughs> right? In the end, yes. it can be a big impact on your product price. So oh, yeah. uh, that that's one thing. And the second part is about assembly, the assembly process. Okay, well, same thing. They're doing a pilot run. Great. 
is somebody on site to actually check it up and mm. um or or maybe we'll wait until it's finished and 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 do a fine um sorry a first article inspection you know the first whatever the first five pieces check them like you know very deeply um you know and, and like a function test you know and 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 um uh, open them up and 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 look at the way uh, things are soldered and, and and things like that right to 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 make sure okay you guys are on the right track versus mm. oh oh there's these issues you know you guys have you guys caught that no well um you know don't go too far because there's some issues here okay and then the the feedback loop you want to make the feedback loop as tight as possible so that they go back into the um, um, their process and, and and make adjustments as necessary. Okay, so mm. that's that's the um, basically the monitoring and follow up and providing feedback during the production pilot runs. That was number four. Yeah, and well, number five is simply doing product inspections during production and after production, uh, basically before shipment. On the, you know, maybe the first batch after the pilot run might be, I don't know, uh, 1,000 pieces. And after that, maybe 3,000 pieces. And after that, maybe 5,000 pieces. Or, or maybe they go into a, like a continuous production mode. And every week they will send two containers or something like that. So, you know, like one container a week and then two containers a week, uh, for example. Then you have mm. some regular, uh, regular production checks, uh, because it, chances are it's still going to be very cheap related to the um, the cost of having bad products delivered in wherever right in, oh, in the yeah. UK in the US in Germany and so on it's going to be much much cheaper and you want to give the to 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 give feedback right away to production so that they can they, they can work on the issues and you want to make these issues visible now that's really really uh, really important and uh, something also that I should mention, I, I, I know we talked a bunch of times on this podcast about product reliability, but again, this comes into play. You On electromechanical products that are supposed to last and be functional for at least one, two, three years, bad reliability will, will mean bad quality. People are not going to be happy, right? Mm. So, um, you, 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 yeah. For example, when they're in production and there's different batches, um, maybe, and again, this depends really from one type of product to another type of product and uh, also the safety implications of having bad products. But in some cases, we keep an eye on traceability. Uh, the traceability system of the factory, um, can we trace a batch of components to some finished products? Can we trace some finished products back to the batches of components um and, and you know and which ones were we work which one went on, on on that machine versus that machine you know how how fine-grained is it and does it all make sense with the um, inspection testing uh processes checking up the recalls and the, you know cross-checking and things like that because in some cases traceability is really very important maybe that's a topic for another podcast um mm. And also, yeah, when there's different batches, 
how to make sure that it's consistent because from one batch to another, well, maybe that batch number three of uh, batteries, you know, maybe, maybe there's an issue with the BMS or, or maybe that batch number five of uh, this, I don't know, uh, uh, steel that is uh, electroplated, well, maybe there's an issue with it. And, uh, you know, the plating might 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 um, wear off way too, way too fast, for example, just on that batch, right? And yeah. you're going to have some uh, variation and you want to keep that variation to a minimum. So you need to keep monitoring. And mm. there's a little bit of a shortcut to that, which is to pick some samples and send them to uh, a lab like ours for some ongoing reliability testing, mm. right? Um, and just on uh, typically two or three samples and uh, and do some of the tests on them in a rough way, right? You just want to find if there's, there's a significant difference or not. Because yeah. again, if, I don't know, batch number three, maybe there's a problem with the BMS of the battery, well, that might have enormous implications. Maybe you have 5,000 pieces out there. Um, <laughs> there's something wrong. The product is, is supposed to, I don't know, turn off uh, when the, the temperature reaches, whatever, 80 degrees uh, Celsius, but it doesn't suddenly because mm. there's a problem with the BMS. Well, you you might have to do a product recall that might cost enormous an enormous amount of money and really, really mess up your relationship with your main customers so oh yeah uh, keeping an eye on 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 um, on what happens from batch to batch is really part of an uh, quality assurance process you know like a, a comprehensive program let's say that mm. really tries to 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 catch the issues and mitigate the risks that that's really the the whole topic of uh, of to the, today's episode right yeah great it's, it definitely doesn't end with you know the uh, products start coming off the line. That's uh, and mm. I know that we've spoken about it before, oh, and it's good that you mentioned ongoing reliability testing as well. I mean, you mentioned one of the worst cases, which is a product recall, and yeah, I mean, there's the potential for injury, fires, things like that. But at the very least, you don't want a load of warranty claims and a load of bad reviews as a, as a business. Yep. Like, you, if you can if you can avoid that by doing ORT, which should be relatively inexpensive in comparison, um, then, mm. yeah, I mean, that's mm. that's brilliant yeah. advice. You, you will not avoid it. Let's be careful the way we say it. Okay. You will not avoid okay. it. Yeah, you will stop. Uh, you will detect it. That's the question. Yeah, 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 yeah. You will detect it while the products are still at the factory. So mm. you can say, what? Well, wait a minute. Let's go into more in-depth testing to really understand and maybe you need to get a new batch and, uh, you know, and, and, and I don't want that batch of batteries, you know, send mm. it all back to the, 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 the battery factory, whatever. You keep the, 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 the problems at the factory. You don't let them ship to you. So you detect. The fact that you detect, yeah. you know, you're not happy. <laughs> but you, you would be in much deeper trouble if you did not detect it and if you let mm. them ship out and you send a payment and da, 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 and then you, you know, some water runs under the bridge, right? And then you go back to them two or three months later when you start to have some, some people complain about it and they're going to be like, what, what are you talking about? You know, like, like it's, it's so last year, you know, <laughs> yeah. and it's much harder to get them to actually do something at that point. 
especially if you know Chinese New Year has come and gone as well, for example, which we've got coming up oh, soon. This is the big reset button, right? They, yeah. uh, the the memory reset. Bro, okay, forget everything. Sorry. And, yeah. uh, Chinese New Year. Again, it depends on the quality system of the factory. If things are nicely documented and they really made it, how do I say, your requirements nicely uh, made it into the working documents and working uh, basically the, the day-to-day processes of the people at the factory, they should not need to rely a lot on their memory. But if you mm. work, I'm sorry to say that, but with a crappy supplier uh, that relies on people's memories and doesn't doesn't work on their processes and you know they don't work in a smart way mm. well then you're going to have this problem of the 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 uh, the memory reset button syndrome right especially with chinese new year but even without chinese new year you know two or three months poof you know they worked on some other mm. jobs for some other customers poof they're going to forget that's mm. just the, the way of life yeah. So it won't surprise the listener to hear that because we were, this is literally from you speaking to a customer of Sofeast, that we do provide all of the uh, activities that you've discussed in terms of solutions that we can find on our website. And so check the show notes. I'll leave links to everything relevant to what you've discussed today. And if you're thinking, oh, yeah, I could do with help with any of these, then just follow those links and we can totally discuss your project with you and come up with a solution. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thanks, Adrian. And uh, thanks, everybody. Thanks again for listening to this podcast brought to you by the Sophie's Group. We're on a mission to provide you with everything you need to manufacture effectively in Asia, including inspections, auditing, new product development support, contract manufacturing, 3PL warehousing and fulfillment, and much, much more across Asia's key manufacturing areas. Visit us at sofeast.com, that's S-O-F-E-A-S-T dot com, to learn more and get help. If you've enjoyed the podcast today, please do rate, review and share, because it will really help others discover us too.